Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I want this service to be upbeat. And everything that, that God wants it to be, um, I, I'm going to give you just a little bit. Brother Wilbur has left. He felt it was better. He said, I don't want to answer any questions. Can I just say this to you? We do not need any private investigators or any gossiping about this situation. Okay? You need to trust Brother Wilbur and I and leave it alone and pray for all of us. Okay? Would you please do that? It will be better for him. It will be better for us. It will be better for this church. Okay? So just want to give you that. Don't read anything into it. Just leave it alone. Okay. Thank you so much for your consideration. God is doing some wonderful, wonderful things in this church. Awesome things. And I am gonna, I'm going to turn this completely. Do you know that we recently had, um, let me count again, we recently had one baptism and four received the Holy Ghost. Brother Jones ministry, the saints prayed on a Saturday night and God poured out his spirit. And so I want to hand out, a, uh, I want to begin by handing out a few certificates. Ramona Carlson was baptized in Jesus now. I'm sure she's in Sunday school, but her mom or dad, they might be in Sunday school too. I don't know. Marisol Vasquez, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come and get this for your wife, please. This is Noah Vasquez. We're so glad you and your family are here, Noah. God bless you. And then we had a revival with the Wickman family. Wyatt, Walker, and Whitney all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the same day. Come and get them. You can hand those out. Thank you. Now, I don't have Wyatt's permission, and if I need to ask for forgiveness, I will ask at the end of the service. But before Wyatt went overseas, he felt, I am not taking a chance on going overseas without being baptized in Jesus' name. Am I telling the truth? And so he insisted on being baptized in Jesus' name before he went overseas. He came back, and on the Sunday morning that Brother Jones was ministering, he got ready to leave the sanctuary and, and family members were also praying and the Lord spoke to him and said if you go back to the altar I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and he did and now we have three Wickmans that received the Holy Ghost on that day because somebody was obedient somebody was obedient Thank you, Jesus. Keep pulling.
pour out your spirit. Praise God. We've had healings in our congregation, miracles. And you know what? There's nothing more important than God having his way. And there's some people here that are just about ready to burst and share with you what God has done. And it would build continual faith in this congregation if you would stand up and say, this is what the Lord did for me. And I want everybody to know how much I appreciate what God has done. So if you've got that testimony, I want you to stand up and I want you to share it with us. And I will come to you, Sister Ruth. First of all, thank you, Jesus. When Brother Jones was here, I was aching. All my joints, all my bodies, all my body, my muscles, everything. And it was going on for months. It'd go, it'd come back, it'd go, and it'd come back. And that day, I was staying home, I was at home, and I wasn't going to come. And then I know it was the Lord that said, go, I need my healing. I came here, I got my healing. It's been weeks ever since I don't hurt anymore. But this is a testimony that I know my Lord has been tugging on my heart, having me come at the altar, but right here is okay. I have been through a lot. 18, I left my house. My parents moved down south. I lived a horrid, terrible life. I got into drugs. I got into alcohol. I got into bars and all that junk. I carried it until I was 50 years old. I did all of that junk and garbage. I went to River of Life. As you all know, the, the awakening, you got to go. At River of Life, I went to the encounter. And that's when I found my God, my Lord and my Savior. If it wasn't for my niece, Angelica, to take me to that church, which I thought it was Satan stuff. Because people were jumping and yelling and all that stuff. I thought there's something wrong with this church. There's a cult. Ain't no cross. Ain't nothing. But I stuck it out for a year to check the church out, to check the people out. Now I know I had sisters there. And a lot of them have come from there to this church. Thank you, Jesus. All I can say, hey, you got an issue, you got a problem. Look up, go to the altar, lay it there, don't pick it back up, leave it there, and let me tell you, he'll take you, he'll take you. oh man, hallelujah, thank you sweet Jesus. Sister Vic, tell us your story. Well, I'm here to say that I'm a walking miracle. 
Thursday morning, I was up, dressed, and made my husband breakfast. Started talking to him a little while later, and nothing that I said made any sense. I couldn't, I'm talking just like I am now, but no words together made any sense whatsoever. And we joke around a lot, so he said, are you messing with me? And I said, no, I'm not. He said, I'm taking you to the ER. And they got me to the ER. He called pastor. He met him at the hospital. They already had me rushed in for a CT scan. And I have the results of it saying that I had um, blood volume and whatever. They said I was having a mini stroke. And while I was in with that CT scan, my daughter, my husband, pastor, Dennis Matusi was there. They were all praying for me. And when I came back from the CT scan, I was talking normal. I said, God gave me a miracle. And from then on, I talked normal. And then they did an MRI on me. And everything on the MRI says, no, negative. Negative brain, MRI of the brain, no, nothing, nothing. No after effects, no nothing. I praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. No, no, no. That's what the report says, and we're going to keep it on file. Anybody else? I'm coming. <laughs> Ladies first. Well, um, for all of you that were at that service with Brother Jones, if you remember when he first got up on the platform and he said, there's somebody here with a broken heart. And things went on and I was like, how could he know? Is that me? He can't possibly be me because even my husband doesn't know some of the things. And um, later on, as he started praying for people, he started down there, and I waited through all of this time, and he came to me, and he took my hand, and he said, it's you. And I said, hmm? What? He said, it's you. God said, it's you with your broken heart. And God wants you to know that he's taking care of it. He's taking care of everything. He said he has heard your cries in the night and God said to tell you everything's gonna be okay. So I had to think on that and I went to Pastor Kylie and I said, well, I know it was me, Pastor Kylie, but he told everybody, <laughs> he told everybody my little secret, you know, but, um, God heals in many, many ways. And God has healed me of some of that brokenness that I had that I wasn't sure I was still carrying, but I did cry at night and I did cry alone and in prayer for some of these things that I needed in my life and my family's life. And um, you, you all know that my brother just passed away. And some of that was... Um, what brought back a lot of that brokenness that I had. And I had lost a child. I lost a son. And then I had to watch my daddy. 
lose a child. And that was really difficult. It was really hard for me to go through all of that. But God brought me through, and he's going to continue to bring me through. And I say amen, and everybody rejoice with us all that we're healed. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Brother Mike. Um, the, Lord, the Lord has been great to me and my family, my wife and I. He's pulled us out of the past life and taken so much from us. And in the last year, year and a half, we've, we've tried for another child, and he's blessed us recently with another child on the way. So <laughs> we're seven weeks pregnant, and thank you, Lord. So. Praise God. Something happened at the ladies' retreat. Highly recommend ladies' and men's retreat. Yes, ma'am. Sister Messa. It'll be harvest time in just a few minutes. I just wanted to thank all my brothers and sisters, and especially my sisters that have been supporting me through everything we've been going through. Everybody who knows me and Brother Mesa, we come all the way from Racine here. And I was like, okay, God, we're going here by faith. And I was told God, I said, God, if you want us to be here, you got to provide us a house. You would need to provide us to get rid of the other house. And I was like, we ain't got no money for this. And I was like, you provided for all our other houses. We'd never have money in the bank for a house. God has just always gave it to us. And <laughs> recently, oh my goodness, God has just provided the funds for us to buy a house here. In the name of Jesus, we're going to have it free and clear. And... He's not only going to provide for the house out here, but he's going to provide to pay off the other house. <laughs> and not only that, is that I, since I was prayed for, I've had so many better days. And to me, it's a miracle because I've been in so much pain. And I just give God all the honor and glory. And I'm still a miracle in progress. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Brother Jones, standing in your miracle. Do you remember that? You're standing in your miracle. Okay, thank you so much. You know what, if I was a visitor here today, I'd say, why not me? And why not now? And you know what, that's what God's saying too. Why not you? And why not now? God is no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He'll do for you what he's done for others. I'm building your faith because it's the truth. It's the truth. Now, please stand with me. First Samuel, chapter 15, please. Brother Larson, you did an awesome job of teaching today. And uh, I really appreciated what you had to say. And while you were preaching, um, God laid something on my heart. I, I, I'm not prepared. I can't use my iPad. My wife doesn't have any idea what in the world I'm doing. 
but this is what the Lord laid on my heart. And I want to share it with you in the next few minutes. When I've done wrong, will I get right? That's the title of my message. When I have done wrong, will I get right? God spoke to Samuel, the high priest, and he told the first king of Israel, Saul, he said, I remember what the Amalekites have done to my people, and I am about to ex execute judgment against them and their gods. I want you to go tell Saul to take out the armies and genocide the Amalekites. I want all the people to be killed. I want all the animals to be slaughtered. I don't want anything to live. Now don't spend your time thinking about the fairness of God or why he would be so harsh. That's not the point of this message. But the fact is, orders came down from a spiritual authority to a political authority. Are you hearing me today? There is a higher authority than the President of the United States. And we ought to obey God rather than men whenever we have a choice to make. That's not to be disrespectful to political authority, but you have to understand that there's not just a king, but there's a king a king of kings and his name is Jesus and he is the supreme authority over all the earth and he gave this command through Samuel and Saul failed. 1 Samuel 15 and 19 Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord but did you fly upon the spoil and you did evil in the sight of the Lord? Why? And Saul said to Samuel, I obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone the way which the Lord sent me. And I brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen and the chief things. Notice his own words condemn him. Which should have been utterly destroyed so that they could sacrifice them unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of the rams that you brought back with you. When I realize I've done wrong, will I do right? God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Sister Bauer. Here's the situation, folks. The high command has ordered the destruction of the Amalekites from the high priest to the king. And the king got in a situation where he thought that he knew better than God. 
I'm going to preach to Rick Kiley today. And you get to hear. But I would like you to try and think about yourself and where you fit in this story too. Kill all the Amalekites. But as he's slaughtering the Amalekites, Agag comes up to him and says, whoa, 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 Saul. It's pretty obvious that God is with you in this battle, that you are going to destroy us. But I'm a king too. I'm an important person. I'm asking for an executive clemency. I'm asking you to spare me from one king to another. I assure you that if the roles were reversed, I would do that for you. Be reasonable. I am no threat to you. I have no people. I have no army. I have no authority. I have no power. What could I possibly do to you? So let me live as I would let you live. Saul falls for it. Says, okay, I'll let you live and you can come back with me. Then the people, the people come to Saul. They, saw, they said, Saul, you told us to kill all the animals, but look at this cow. Look at this sheep. Look at all of these animals. You know, instead of sacrificing our animals, we could sacrifice their animals. God would be just as pleased with the sacrifice. They weren't saying, let's take them to the butcher shop and we'll eat them and we'll enjoy them. No, they were too tricky for that. They wanted to say, let's save our own animals and use their animals for sacrifice. Be reasonable. Be practical. We've, we've got a number of people that agree with us. Yay, 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 Saul. Don't kill all the animals. Bring them back with you and we'll, we'll sacrifice them unto the Lord. Saul wanted to be popular with Agag. Now he wanted to be popular with the people that he governed over and he ruled over. And so he said, all right, bring the animals back. And then when he was questioned by his authority and his authority said, you have failed to obey God. I hear the animals and the bleeding of sheep. I see Agag standing before me. You have disobeyed God. No, I didn't disobey. I just twisted the command a little bit. I just, I, I killed most of the people. I, uh, it's just Agag. And, and I spared the animals. I was just using human reasoning and, and, and I want to be pleasing and I want to be uh, accepted by the people. It was the people, not me. They're the ones that deserve the blame. The wife that you gave me, pushing the blame in another direction rather than accepting responsibility for your own actions. Somebody preach with me today. Accept responsibility for your own choices and your own actions. When you know you've done wrong, will you get right? So let's, let's finish the conversation here. I'm gonna read 22 one more time. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Give me an answer to that question, yes or no. He wants obedience. 
Behold, it's better to obey than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of the rams. Your rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and your stubbornness is as an iniquity of idolatry and because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. That's not what he wanted to hear. He called him a witch. He called him stubborn. He called him rebellious. And he said, you know what, Saul? And God's finished with you. You want to know why he was so harsh? Because there was no repentance from Saul. Only excuses. None of this, oh my goodness, how wrong I've been. Bring me a sword, I'll kill Agag myself right now. He didn't say that. Matter of fact, it was Samuel that talked Saul's sword and killed Agag in front of him. There, there, the explanation about blaming the people, that was just an excuse for rebellion, for disobedience. And Samuel was so upset with him, he said, you're finished, buddy. You've rejected the word of God and God has rejected you. Oh, preach with me today, folks. We better have a love for the word of God. And whatever God's word says, we better have an attitude, I will obey, I will obey, I will obey. Because if we don't obey God, then God will reject us just as we have rejected his word. He will send a strong delusion to people that don't have a love for the truth. And you think it's in the, I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost today. You think it's in the tribulation period. It's in the present. The strong delusion is already here. And people are deceived because they choose to be deceived and they want to be rebellious and they don't want to submit to any authority at all. Least of all, the word of God. But let me give this a positive. I had a wonderful meeting on Friday. I'm looking, they're not here, so I'm going to tell it. I, uh, I met with a man and uh, we got to the restaurant and he said, Pastor, he said, uh, I set aside two hours. I want to spend two hours with you in this restaurant today. I have so much I want to ask you and talk to you about. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to this. And I said, well, why don't you tell, sir, why don't you tell me your, your testimony? And he, and he starts off by saying, well, I've I've uh, been raised a Baptist all my life. I said, good. I am so glad that you've been raised a Baptist. And he said, you are? And I said, absolutely. Because as a Baptist, you were taught that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And we have a place to go to in reference to anything we want to talk about today. Furthermore, I said, I was raised a Methodist. And I thank God that I was raised a Methodist because the Bible was the word of God them. Listen, folks, you don't have to put people's religion down. Why do you do that? Well, you're a Baptist. Ooh. You believe in the word of God? Yeah, okay, let's talk. Maybe, you know what? Maybe you can show me something that I haven't seen. 
Have you ever considered that? Hey, share with me what the latest revelation God has given you from his word. And I'll share with you the latest revelation God has given me from his word. And you begin to share and interact. This guy had such a hunger for the word of God. He said, man, I talked to him about a home Bible study. I want that home Bible study right away. I, I know there's more for me. There are people out there, folks, that are waiting for us. They're waiting for us. I remember a home missionary. Home missionary goes to a brand new city. You know the first thing the home missionary did? He went to the graveyard. He looked for fresh dirt. And when he found it, and it appeared that that was the freshest grave in that community, he knelt down next to the grave and he apologized for being too late. Let's not be too late. Let's recognize that you know, there are some people, they don't want to hear it. That's fine. Fine. Move on. There's bullheads and suckers and carp everywhere. But that doesn't mean we don't go fishing. Somebody say amen. amen. Go fishing. Something will bite. If not, find another fishing hole. Boy, this is good preaching. I'm enjoying this today. Find another fishing hole. Find somebody else. You spend all your time fishing on, on fish that ain't hungry and don't want to bite. Find somebody else. They're out there. Go find them. They're waiting for you. Now back to Saul. After Samuel pronounces his judgment, Saul said in verse 24, the first thing he does that's right, I have sinned. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. And I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. He admits it. He admits his problem. Then he says, here's his request. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. Samuel, I want you to tell me that I'm forgiven and it's okay and I want to stand before the people and continue to be the king and worship like I always have. Please forgive me and stand at my side. And Samuel said, no, I will not. Sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Understand this, folks. When we sin, we sin against God. And there's only one way out. And it's repentance. I know I'm going to be misunderstood when I say this, but I'm going to say it and, and then just listen to me for a minute. It is not enough to say, I am sorry. That's not good enough. That's a place to start. But I am sorry. And I was wrong. And I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to turn from this. And I will never visit this place or this sin again. That's it. 
Otherwise, you're just offering an apology when God wants a repentance. He began his ministry with repentance. Both John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. They both said the same thing. And John, who most people think was a pretty hard guy, he was really hard on people that even said, you know, yeah, we're, we're really not doing well. He said, you know what, you vipers. You came down here to get baptized because you just wanted to cover yourself. But there's no repentance, so show me the meats. Show me the works of your repentance before I baptize you. And they wouldn't. And he didn't. That's why a person needs to repent before they're baptized in Jesus' name. You want the mercy in you and you need the grace of the Holy Spirit in your life, but you first have to die in repentance before you bury somebody and before they can be resurrected to a newness of life with a spirit that could change them, they have had to have made a choice and changed their course. Because when you realize you have done wrong, will you then do right? And so Samuel said, no, I'm not going with you. Let me give you the end of this story. Saul and his most prized possession, his son, died at the hands of an Amalekite. Because if you don't kill what God tells you to kill, it will kill you. I'm going to be real bold with you today. If you're flirting around with drinking, or drugs, or smoking, or any of that stuff that you know deep down in your heart, you know it's wrong. You can try and justify it, just like Saul did. If you mess with it, and you won't acknowledge that it's wrong, and you won't turn from it and ask God to help you to overcome it, it will kill you. And I'm not just talking about physical, I'm talking about spiritual. And Jonathan and Saul died at the hands of what they should have killed. Because when Saul did wrong, he refused to do right. Now, here's where I'm going to stop today. Now I'm going to take you over to Luke. And I'm going to talk to you about the prodigal son. Now, the prodigal son had a brother and a father in this story. They were raised in the same house, lived by the same rules. One, the prodigal was younger than the elder, and the younger one day said, you know what, I'm of age, I want out of this house. I don't want to live by these rules anymore. I want what's mine, I want my inheritance now. His father, you got to preach with me today, his father realized that you can't keep somebody that's not willing to listen and obey when they're of age. And you gotta let them go. I know you're real hesitant to say amen to that. So he said, all right, son, 
here you go. Here's your money. I love you. You're always welcome back. But I know you have to go under the current circumstances. So he goes. And he lives a riotous life and he spends all his money and all his friends take advantage of him. As long as you got money, you got friends. You don't have any money, you ain't got any friends. And so now all of his money's gone. Nobody will hire him. He ends up at a pig farm eating off of the husks just like the pigs. The first man that I talked to you about today had the opportunity to see what he needed to do because there was a man of God in his life. That was Samuel. But the second man that I'm talking about today says of him in verse 17 that he came to himself. Uh, This is Luke 15 and 17. When he came to himself, the light went on. God spoke to him. What are you doing? You've made a bad choice, several bad choices. You're in this situation because of the choices that you made. And you know how to get right. And God spoke to him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? And and I am here perishing with hunger. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to repent. And here's how I'm going to repent. I will stand up. I will go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. Oh, man, you got to get this part of the message. We don't sin against each other. We sin against God. We sin before each other. People get to see what you do that's wrong. You and others get to see it. But your sin is not against one another. It's against God. Because God's word is declared as to how we're supposed to live and God's spirit equips us to accomplish that. So whenever you sin, you've sinned against the spirit of God, even your conscience, and the word of God. So you have sinned against heaven and before others. And that's good preaching. I never saw that before this morning. New for me anyway, I'm enjoying it. And then look at the humility of this guy. I'm no, worthy, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as your hired servants. He, put, he prepares a speech. And then he moves. Verse 20. He rose. He came to his father. He's getting ready to give his speech. But before he gets to daddy... When he was yet a a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran, he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. Before, oh, church, we got to get this. We got to get this. He did not repent before his father ran to him and hugged him. Because just the fact that he left where he was and was coming back home inspired his father to the point that he could not refrain himself from running down the road, falling on his son's neck and kissing him without repentance. 
And so God will meet you more than halfway, but you're gonna have to get up and you're gonna have to go back where you belong. And when you get there, you'll find a, Brother Larson, you'll find a merciful God that's waiting for you and is willing to listen to what you have to say. And then here comes the repentance. Listen to the repentance that he had rehearsed. Father, 21, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. It's exactly what he said to himself before he ever got there. But the father, let's stand together. But the father said to his servants, hey boys, that's what I've been waiting for all along. That's all I need to hear. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand so everybody knows that he's my son. And clothe him with shoes on his feet and go and kill the fatted calf. Let's be merry and we're gonna have a party because my son was dead but he's alive again. He was lost. But now he's found. And they began to be merry. And when you realize that you're wrong, will you do right? When you realize you're wrong, that you've sinned against God and his heaven. And everybody knows it because they saw it. What will you do? Make excuses? Blame somebody else? Or will you say, I'm getting up out of this pigsty that I'm living in. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to tell him how wrong I've been. How sorry I am. Ask him if I can live in his house again. He doesn't have to treat me like a son. I'm not worthy of that. Just let me be a servant in your house. Folks, we got to get a servant mentality. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. You don't owe me anything, God. I owe you everything. Just let me live in your house. And tell me what I can do to be pleasing to you. Because I realize I've done wrong. And I want to do right. Jesus. We heard about mercy before the service. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I pray today that people will leave where they are, put their toes up against the altar, and talk to you like a son would talk to their father. 
I know you're ready to meet us. And I believe there's a good number of people in the house today that realize we've done wrong. And now we want to get right. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.